0: So this morning, I'd like to give instructions on uh, choiceless, uh, choiceless awareness. Some other people call it open awareness as opposed to closed awareness. But I like more of the word uh, Krishna Malt used choiceless awareness. Yesterday, I talked about how to deal with thoughts. I thought instead of talking about intentions, I should really talk about choiceless awareness because sometimes we need it when there's an overreactive mind and when there's restlessness and all that. So first and foremost, I'd like to tell you that uh, choiceless awareness is not a holiday from meditation. Some people want to go the easy way. They say, oh, you know, it's very difficult to watch the breath and pain and all this. So I better practice open awareness. I think we stay so much in the closed walls and buildings. And so when it's something's open, like nature, we like it very much. So this open awareness, most people like it because they don't have to do a lot of work. You know we are used to microwave and internet. Everything is very fast, it's very easy. You know, it's not the same in Africa. Preparing a cup of tea might take a lot of time, but here preparing a cup of tea is very easy. You know? yeah. Everything is so easy to wash clothes in my washing machine. So easy, so people tend to go the easy way <laughs> instead of watching the breath and other things where we have to say let's say choice awareness. So people choose to go to cho- choicelessness awareness or open awareness just to escape the work, the hard work it entails to watch the breath, to watch the pain and all that. I hope that's not for you to escape. <laughs> so then I I, I would like, to, I'm going to recap what's really choice awareness entails before you choose, uh, before you decide to do choiceless awareness. We have to be Uh, uh, aware what really happens when we practice this uh, systematic awareness or choice awareness. So the rule of thumb is actually we observe whatever arises in the present moment whenever it becomes prominent. So that's the rule of thumb when we practice uh, choice uh, choice awareness. We choose whatever is prominent. Then another thing we have to choose is something that is easy to watch, like the breath. It's natural, it's there all the time, it's neutral, and above all, you don't have to believe anything with the breath. So we choose the breath as our starting point. And then the next choice there is actually something to be watched, like thoughts, something to be gotten rid of, like the hindrance, if there's any hindrance, so that you have no obstacles in your practice. So we have to make that choice as soon as possible, actually, because if you meditate under the influence of hindrances, uh, you'll be under-meditating or miss-meditating. <laughs> so then we continue with our choices. Uh, if. Uh, we continue meditation, our meditation for a while. We might choose to watch if there's strong pain and then we we become aware of pain. And then uh, as we continue our meditation, maybe sounds arises like the bell and then we are sitting here. We feel our body touching the ground and the, the, the cushion and all this. So this kind of objects, we call them secondary objects other than the primary objects where we stay most of the time. So these secondary objects, uh, we can choose actually to watch what's the internal object like, the sitting touching points as you're sitting here other than sound. So there's a choice as we go through our meditation, a systematic way of choosing. So those are the four areas where we can choose, actually. If things are, both of them or let's say, happening, both internal objects, we, we don't have to choose, uh, we just pick anything. But with the choiceless awareness, there are two conditions that I feel that are necessary to really go for choiceless awareness. One is when the mind is overreactive, I mean, thoughts and restlessness. And, and really, if you make a choice to come to the breath and uh, another, any other object, it can make situation worse because the mind is so overreactive. So in that case, this it, yes, is very important to go for open awareness where you include, I mean, you create a big container and open your awareness so that you don't choose an ob- object, so you just keep on watching whatever rises. So that's uh, one area. Another area is when you have pain, a lot of pain. You cannot keep on watching pain, 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 pain. It can make it worse. So sometimes you need open awareness. Another area where open awareness is very important, uh, just this awareness, is when mindfulness and concentration is continuous, when it has developed, then actually the mind itself chooses the object. You don't have to actually actively choose the objects. So that's actually when your practice has developed. That's an outcome of your practice. So if you have other areas, you can do uh, choiceless awareness, but I think those are the areas that I found out that are very important to practice choiceless awareness. Okay, let us begin. Settle back in the present moment, let it go of the past and the future. So I'd like to invite you actually to start with systematic awareness or choice awareness where actually you have to deliberately choose the objects, like the breath. Because it's there all the time. if you can sustain your awareness of the breath from the beginning in breath to the end of it. The beginning of out breath to the end of it. This kind of continuity of mindfulness is very, very important for your choiceless awareness at a later stage. So, we need to build this kind of mindfulness and concentration. <laughs> because w- whether you practice choiceless awareness or choice awareness, you still need mindfulness. You will still need concentration. Now, I'd like to. Ch- you to check your thoughts. What's going on with your thoughts? Are there any thoughts that are rising in your thought process? Just not them thinking. So you're choosing that object of thoughts: thinking, thinking. This is okay when the mind is not overreactive. you can watch your thoughts thinking. If there's any thought of aversion, sometimes there's aversion during instruction, I don't want to hear anything. I I just want to meditate. Let's keep quiet. So such aversion can arise. Just see if you can be aware of thinking, just thinking. Without getting lost in the thoughts, and if your mind is already racing ahead of itself, having tons of thoughts, and nothing doesn't. Help at all. See if you can settle back and just open your awareness, expand your awareness like a sky. Allow thoughts to arise without holding on to them. In a way its, another letting go. let go of the thoughts. And I'll allow them to flow in the sky like clouds. And when the clouds flow in the sky, they are not attached to the sky. they just flow. Maybe there's restlessness. Again, you can choose to be out your restlessness, the body in the mind. And again, you can settle back. Just allow restlessness to float in the sky. it's a feeling that is arising. Maybe it's unpleasant. You, you can note it at the very beginning. You see, yeah, you can play with your awareness. What happened to the feeling when you note it as feeling? And what happened when I just drop back? And just open my awareness without pinpointing to it. What happened to that feeling? Maybe it's emotion arising. Sometimes emotions come and overwhelm us. In that case, we can apply choiceless awareness and develop awareness like sky to allow emotions to go through like clouds. If it's a painful sensation that is arising for you, see if you can also be aware of it in an open way. remembering that we are not meditating to get things away, to get rid of them, they can go by themselves. Our task is to really know and understand what happened to this pain. Is it increasing or decreasing? Is it staying the same? The impersonal nature of that experience Mind states will reveal that quality of impersonal nature as you watch one thing and passes away, another thing comes, another mind state comes. Maybe it starts with the sensation of unpleasant, then it goes to aversion, then it goes to fear, then it just keeps on going. At the time when you cannot catch the cascading events of the mind, you may need choiceless awareness. Because events are writhing at a fast speed that you cannot give them a name. And finally, because of the continuity of mindfulness and concentration, you can trust the mind that it can choose its objects. And that's a very good time to drop any mental note or labeling or naming and let the mind do its job to be aware. You can trust that the body is breathing and you trust the mind that is aware and it will choose its object as it becomes proficient. when the mind is constricted, can become aware of the sound. Sound brings us to that open awareness, opening to sounds, internal sound, external sound, And also you can put that sound in open awareness. Check your mind when you practice open awareness. Sometimes it might be spacing out, zoning out, with the kind of low grade awareness. You can come back to systematic awareness to reorient yourself to build continuity of mindfulness and concentration. And then you can zoom out and come back to open awareness of whatever is arising in the body and mind. Can bring your mind to the sound as you hear the bell ringing, rising of sound and passing out of the sound. For your practice, yes, okay. Uh, excuse me, do we have an announcement? I don't know. Uh, okay, we have an announcement. Do, do we have an, an announcement? Not I know. Okay, good. So, uh, this is a uh, just awareness and choice awareness. I haven't seen that word actually. Choice awareness. I just wanted to contrast it. Actually, uh, what we usually have is uh, the directed awareness and directed awareness or systematic awareness. Yeah, but I just feel that most people start with choiceless awareness as a way to not do the hard work. <laughs> so we need to practice systematically actually in beginning. If you're a seasoned meditator, maybe you want to use five minutes or 10 minutes at the beginning of your sitting to really actually get grounded either with your breath or rising and lifting of abdomen. So then from there you can move to just less awareness. If you're a beginner, definitely. I don't know, there's no beginner here, I'm sure, but there's so many people who have been practicing different traditions. So it's very, very important to start s- systematically and uh, practice and choosing the object, the primary object, the secondary object. And then when the mind's overreactive, reactive you can switch to choiceless awareness. So I would like to read to, to you something here from the discourse that I talked about yesterday that shows that actually there's two ways of practicing. It says, this is called vedda Vita Kasutta The Buddha said, in the autumn, in the rain season, when the crops are thickened, and there are many crops and the cow hard would guard his cows by constantly tapping and uh, poking them on this side on that side with a stick and curb them. And why is he doing that? Because he, you know, that person could be flogged or fined or blamed when the cows go astray. Even so, I saw the defilement and the danger, and the degradation of know, some states of mind, those sides. So the blessing and renunciation, the cleansing, the cleansing aspect of these kind of thoughts. Then that's how um, he gave that simile. Another simile which is very interesting, is in another season which is hot season he said that when all crops have been brought inside the village, a cowherd would guard his cows while staying at the root of the tree or out in the, in the open air since he needs only to be mindful of that, to be mindful that those states uh, are here. So this points to... I think what we need to do in the practice, Uh, in my practice when I find out that I have constant mindfulness, I have calmness and peace going, I don't interrupt the mind by noting this calmness, peaceful. No, no, I just settle back and cruise. (laughs) Put a cruise button, so to say. (laughs) So, but when I'm really tormented by restlessness and all this, then I'm on top of things, restlessness, and then I, I come back to the body. This, so I direct my mind like that. So we allow our mind to toggle between uh, choiceless awareness and uh, systematic awareness. An example I think would be uh, when you're driving in a road where there are many potholes and many people, like this back creek road. Oh, sorry. That's Virginia, so <laughs> West Virginia. No, this road is called Present Street. Eh? Yes. Yeah. So when you are driving here, you don't want to drive 100 kilometers per hour because there are potholes. The people are coming. Yogis are doing slow walking, <laughs> meditation. So you need to be careful to re on guard because any time a deer can come, any time there's a big pothole. So you really need to systematically drive here. <laughs> but if you go to highway. I'm telling you, you can just put a cruise button because you're not worried who's going to come from no, nowhere. You know, So I was in Germany, I think, a couple of years ago. They have these roads called Autobahn. Oh, I'm telling you, that's where you need choiceless awareness. You just cruise. I mean, you don't expect even a deer or somebody crossing the road. I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy it. I was not the one driving. <laughs> a friend of mine was driving me in a mobile home around Germany. Uh, it's amazing. But sometimes you would go in rural areas in South Germany, in these places. I mean, you have to be very, very careful. Really be very careful. Because the roads are small, you don't know where the cars gone coming in this corner. So the same thing when we actually, we practiced, and this is the maturity of our practice. When there's not a lot going on with a lot of uh, hindrance and all that, and everything is calm and peaceful. We should drop the mental note, actually, because if you even bring a mental note, that can disturb the mind. Yes, but that's the time to drop the labeling. Of course, from time to time, when you have calmness and pleasant feeling, sometimes it might be very good to just have a very soft awareness to keep you on the track. Peace, calmness. Just a little bit and then go back to enjoy your man states and cruise. But also, it doesn't mean that you relax completely. Still, you have to see the impermanence nature of calmness. Mindfulness should be there. Your impermanence nature of calmness and peace. Is it rising? Is it passing away? Is it impersonal? So, I'm not saying take a holiday when there's good states of mind. Remember the simile the Buddha gave. You can just sit back in the open and just watch. With mindfulness, that that mind state is there. But before, you have to keep on jabbing and all that. So, if there's any question, please ask. Okay, (laughs) sorry, (laughs) because you ask, (laughs) I'm so much used to you (laughs) in New York and all this. (laughs) So I thought you're raising your hand. (laughs) I thought it would be like this. Okay, Uh, please, if you have any question, Uh uh-huh. Trying kind to of develop this open awareness, I noticed myself at some point spacing out. Right. Like I said, right. And I um, almost felt like there was like, you know, a cloud coming down. And, um, it was kind of hard to see. And I don't know if you can say a little bit about that. I was uh, struggling a little bit to figure out what to do. Because I was trying to say, all right, what is this? I don't know. And then I started thinking, oh, what could this be? Right. So he's saying that, uh, as I mentioned about practicing choiceless awareness and uh, he practiced it at, a, at some stage. It reached a stage where you drop like this and you didn't know what was going on. Eh? Right. Yes. So um, actually uh, the thing is that when you practice choiceless awareness and you don't know what's going on, uh, you have low greater awareness. At that moment, you need to come back to the body. (laughs) That's actually a good sign that actually uh, maybe choicelessness awareness is not working very well. So then go to systematic awareness and come to the body. Because the body is there all the time. It's not uh, illegal (laughs) to practice systematic awareness or open awareness. The key is to find out when should I come back to the systematic awareness. And the best way to come back is actually the physical body. Not just be even before you reconnect with the breath, come back to the physical body because it's gross. It's there all the time, 24 7. So if you can't figure out anything, whether you've been practicing choiceless awareness and you cannot put a name to it and all that, instead of sweating bullets, just come to the body. Forget about everything and come to the body. And then feel the sensation and all that. And after that, you can go back. So don't get stuck. <laughs> don't get stuck in this kind of situation when you feel those cloudness and you don't know what to do with the thoughts. Just always come back to the body. So we actually practice with a kind of um, rounded mind, not a square mind. So we allow our mind to toggle between Choiceless awareness and systematic awareness. So, knowing that choicelessness awareness is the best and systematic awareness is the worst, is to know when to come back and when to go. But that's, we should be guided with what mind states are we in. Are we lost? Are we confused? So, whenever we're confused, come to the body because the body will never confuse you. Are you confused? Okay, I invite you to come back to the body are you confused whether it's there or not? No, it's there all the time. So at least we have this first foundation. Uh, That's why the Buddha gave almost 14, I think there are 14 ways of practicing with the body. He knew that that's a foundation. If you you develop that strong foundation, then it's very easy to work your way out to other things. So come back the body. If you forget the body, open your eyes. Because sometimes when you close your eyes, <laughs> you might forget that you're in a body. So you can open your eyes and then take, uh, come to the body, reconnect with the breath, and then you can go back. Does that help? Yes. Because so many things can happen actually in meditation. That's why the more you develop the first foundation of the contemplation of the body, the more you can progress faster because you can always come to the body. It's always available. Mind states, very difficult sometimes. Sometimes it's elusive. (laughs) Sometimes thoughts are so many, yeah. So another question, that's a good question. Another question. Wow, I'm surprised there's no questions. Okay. Oh, huh, we have one minute. I don't know if I can manage. So, <laughs> okay, ask if I can not manage. I will see. Okay, I think I heard you say that inside this the greatest awareness to notice the strongest thing that calls you is that good reason? That that calls you. That calls your attention. That calls your awareness. No. So what I mentioned is in the systematic awareness, you have to find out what's prominent, what's dominant in your experience. What's dominant in uh, systematic attention, we have to pay attention to it. Let's say if it's a feeling, that if that's what's prominent, as opposed to breathing, then you become aware of that. But when I, I, I told you about uh, uh, chestless awareness, I say that allow. I use the kind of a metaphor, sky. Allow that experience to be like a sky. You create a container as open as a sky and let that experience be like clouds passing through. You know? And you allow it to go through that sky without really stopping it or naming it. You just observe, just sit back and observe. But in systematic awareness, we have to be on top of things, feeling, present. This we have to really keep on. Like this, <laughs> in choiceless awareness, we don't do that. We just cruise, stay there, <laughs> and let everything pass, whether it's unpleasant, pleasant, and we just allow. Just like the the sky, that's what it does. It doesn't soak this nimbus, the clouds that cause rain, this is the cloud that doesn't cause rain, these dark clouds, this no, 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 it's just go through. It's amazing when I fly an airplane. <laughs> they look so fixated like this as if they are t- attached to a sky. But the clouds, I'm telling you, they are not attached to the sky, they just pass through. So just allow those feel- sensation and feeling to pass through your mental continuum without naming them because naming them can interrupt it. It can interrupt the situation. Does that make sense? Eh, pretty much? Okay, thank you very much for your question. Alright, so we continue our practice and uh, thank you very much for your practice. <laughs> Actually, we take joy in your practice. I don't know if you know. So it's good to see people settling in and practicing because and we know what it takes. So. Thank you very much for our practice. So that's today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.